millions of Muslims are immigrating to Europe. Are believers in Jesus ready to take this opportunity by sharing the gospel with them? Manfred Mueller tells us what it's like in his native Germany. You have an absolute spiritual bankruptcy in most of the European countries. And now into this bankruptcy, into this spiritual vacuum, comes a group of people, millions of young Muslim men, but where are the German Christians who are willing to bring the good news of Jesus Christ? So who is bringing this message of love to the Muslim people who are willing to accept it? And, and that's the challenge we are seeing right now in Germany. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we are in the studio today with Manfred Mueller. Manfred is the leader of our VOM sister mission in Germany, uh, the initials, Manfred, are HMK. What's the German words for HMK? It stands for Help for the Martyr Church, or in German we would say Hilfsaktion Märtyrer Kirche. I'm not even going to try to say that back to you. <laughs> but welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We're glad to have you here this week. Thank you, Todd. Good to be here. Tell me about how you became involved in ministry to persecuted Christians. How, what did God do to grab a hold of your heart for our persecuted family? I was pastoring in a church and working in a Christian conference center. And one day I had to do a Bible study. And uh, I was just doing a Bible study on uh, Genesis uh, 13, the story of Abraham and his half-brother Lot. And he was captured by some enemy forces and Abraham and his servants, they went after them and rescued him. So I was sharing the story and uh, finishing like uh, brothers and sisters, we are responsible for those who belong us and uh, amen. So I went back to my office and literally minutes later, my phone rang, Manfred, uh, do you know Voice of the Martyrs? Would you be willing to consider working for them? And uh, I had just said we are responsible for our brothers and sisters. And now came the call, would you be willing working for them? So I had tears in my eyes and I went over to uh, our house uh, that was close by and I spoke to my wife, look, this has happened to me. So we prayed about it. We talked with the leaders uh, in our team and with the elders in the church and everybody could see God's hand in that. So we made that decision. It was a huge step getting out of this ministry and starting something completely new. Uh, that was 11 years ago. And I know that the German mission has really an amazing history. Like Voice of the Martyrs USA, you go back to Richard and Sabina Wormbrand. How, how did that mission get founded? And especially, I think, of the fact that you shared a border with the communist nations, which was where VOM was working. How did that play into the founding of the German mission? Todd, that's exactly the thing that, that was very important at, at that time. Uh, although Germany was divided and there was uh, a communist uh, East and uh, a free West, it was not really easy to uh, establish uh, the mission. You would have thought otherwise. I mean, like, we know what communism looks like, and, and now there comes uh, Richard Wormbrand and tells us about the persecution. Let us help him. But in that time, uh, the church started a program, a dialogue with 
communism or church within socialism. It was an ideologically motivated approach to sort of join both together. Like, wasn't Jesus the first Marxist or something like that? Oh, or wow. wasn't Jesus a revolutionary? So when Richard Wurmbrandt started his ministry in Germany, he was called a liar. He was called like somebody who is greedy. He just wants to get money. And there is no persecution in the communist country. So it was politically absolutely incorrect what, what he had to share. Actually, I'm sure you know that story. When he came out of the prison... The very first Sunday he was in Europe uh, sharing about uh, his testimony in, in a Lutheran church. After the service, the pastor said to him, never again will you talk like that in my church. So here was a man persecuted for his faith in Romania and immediately outcasted in the free world for the same faith. So this is what I learned from him. If you stand for Christ, <laughs> you might be incorrect wherever you are and people might attack you. It's interesting that the church... They didn't want to speak the truth. Did, did they know the truth, but they didn't want to talk about it? Or were they blinded to know what was really happening? Well, th that's a good question. One of the big leaders uh, of the resistant movement in the National uh, Socialist Times in, in Germany, Martin Niemöller, he said, there is no persecution. I have been traveling to the Soviet Union. I asked Khrushchev, are you persecuting Christian? And he said, no, so why shouldn't I believe him? And, and that was a man from the resistance under Hitler. So were they blinded? Was it their ideology? I, I would not be able to tell. It's interesting because we hear some of that same kind of thinking today. I, I think of Christians I know who've been to China, and they say, well, you know, I went to China and I went to church and nobody bothered me. It was great. So there must not be persecution in China because I didn't see it when I was there. Oh, oh, but there is. So how easily we are blinded and how much we need the wisdom of other brothers and sisters to help us. We have a huge problem today also uh, with Islam in Europe. People say that Islam isn't it a religion of peace, so why should we believe that there is persecution? So the big new thing where, where people don't see the truth is probably today in Europe is how Islam is treating Christians in all those nations where Islam has a majority. Talk about some of the things that the German mission did in those early days, because like you say, you're right on the border. Probably a lot of projects that you certainly couldn't have talked about then you can maybe share a little more about now. What were some of those early uh, exciting ways that you were helping the church behind the Iron Curtain? Those really were heydays. I mean, they did all those crazy things. And I remember my, my grandfather telling me about his travels to the Soviet Union and things like that. And then uh, they, they were just praying and, and carrying Bibles in their, in their suitcases. And um, nobody stopped them. I mean, other times maybe they were discovered. But the stories my grandfather uh, shared with me were, were stories of protection and, and God sort of closing the eyes of, of the custom uh, officials. Or I've been told a story of an old lady who was traveling to uh, the communist part of Germany carrying uh, theological literature and bringing it into uh, uh, that country. And the custom official who saw how heavy she was carrying on those two bags, he <laughs> said to her, can I quickly help you? So instead of <laughs> controlling, he was actually helping her. But Obviously, there were other instances as well. I remember me and my parents carrying literature into the GDR, and we were like questions for hours at the border, and it was a lot of hassle and, and everything. But then we, we got authorization to take part of it in. So how old were you at that time? 
I was small. That was um, childhood memory, maybe 12 years old. So this this work is is the family business for you. you your family's been involved for a long time. When uh, the phone rang and, and I was asked, do you know about Voice of the Martyrs? Yes, I could say I, I know about the work, I knew about the work, but it, it was not really uh, on my heart. I mean, I was always mission-minded, but uh, I, I didn't really have a deeper understanding of the situation of the persecuted church. How does the history of persecution, and I think particularly in Eastern Germany, how does that affect the church today? You know, I think we sometimes talk about persecution brings blessings to the church, it strengthens the church. Do you still see the fruit of that persecution times in the German church? That's difficult to say for various reasons. I think quite a number of people would say that there was not really persecution in Eastern Germany. There was harassment, definitely. Uh, Christians, my wife, she's from East Germany, she could not go to university uh, because she was in confirmation class and didn't go to the red uh, youth groups. But she wouldn't call that persecution. Harassment, yes. Difficulties, yes. So the church in the eastern part of Germany has gone through difficult times. And I would say, generally speaking, it is more healthy than the church in the western part of Germany. But it is a very huge generalization. Amazing stories from the Soviet Union. I mean, they have been under communism and severe persecution for 70 years. And uh, some of the churches are going strong, but again, it's it's oversimplifying things. I think a good example would be China. Yes, in China, you can see that. I mean, Mao, with his cultural revolution, he threw out all missionaries. The country was closed. He tried to destroy uh, the last church building. Everything was gone. And today, some estimates tell us that there are 130 million Christians in, in China. If that is true, and I, I think it is true, that would mean China has seen the biggest revival this earth has ever seen. And so, yes, there is blessing in, in persecution. But we know that from maybe from our own experience, if we go through hardships, we don't like that. But looking back, sometimes we would admit, yes, those were times where we felt close to God. Our prayer life was intense and we were reading the Bible like our life depended on it. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Manfred Mueller. He is the leader of our sister mission in Germany, HMK Germany. Manfred, when you go out to the German church and you speak about persecution, is there a sensitivity in the hearts of the people because of that history? Or is there is it kind of like plowing fresh ground? It's like plowing a fresh ground, and, and maybe that's good. People are very interested in the subject for various reasons, uh, uh, religious uh, liberty, human rights issues, and, and people are, are very keen to learn more about that. So these subjects, huge topics in, in Germany, uh, human rights and, and freedom of religion, freedom of belief, uh, they open all sorts of doors. So I'm invited all over and, and there's a huge interest. So I just share the stories, like you said, plowing uh, a fresh ground. But the more I share, the, the more I can see in the faces of the people listening that what I share really, really, really gets to their hearts. And basically, it comes down to the question, is the faith I'm living for, would that faith also be worth dying for? And, and if people are honest, many would say, no, I mean, my faith is maybe a faith. Yes, Jesus is part of my life, as well as so many other things. And, and the authentic testimony of the persecuted church that are willing to give it all for Jesus is something 
in many cases unheard of and and people are really like challenged uh, flabbergasted and and blown away and and many times they start to feel a longing i want more from this jesus and and this is when when we when we feel that the testimony of of the persecuted christians really becomes a blessing for the free church i i want to talk very personally now about your faith how has your faith been impacted by some of the stories you've heard and the Christians that you've met in your work for VOM. How how are you different as a follower of Christ after fellowship with persecuted Christians from what you were before? <laughs> it's a good question, uh, and I have to be careful what I'm going to answer, because if you would ask my, my family, my wife, and they would say, maybe he hasn't changed that much. <laughs> God works in your heart, and, and it, it takes some time till what you learned really becomes the practice of your daily life. And and I'm a weak man and I'm lacking behind in many areas. I'm a sinful person. And if I were not saved by Jesus Christ, I, I would be worth nothing. So everything I, I can only share is in the honor of God and, and admitting that the work is still not completed. But it has changed my perspective completely. Yes. Being confronted with the suffering of so many people in dire circumstances, I would never have coped with taking all this in if God would not have allowed me to understand more and more that he is the sovereign Lord and that the the powers of evil and the powers of persecution, but also in our circumstances, the powers of sickness or unemployment or economic difficulties or broken families, they have never the last word. Jesus Christ is more powerful than any of those powers. So he is the sovereign Lord. He is the sovereign God. And in the end, he will make everything turn out for good for those who love him and believe in him. And and this has comforted me. Otherwise, I think I would have broken down. So then to see how those people in, in their difficult circumstances have a passion for uh, uh, lost people, that has blown me away. Like I, I met a, a Christian in India and he showed me the church. He was a deacon and he showed me the church he had uh, worked in and the roof was broken, the church had been burned down. And he shared his story, and he, sh- and he said, uh, my own brother burned down this church, and he tried to kill me, and, the- and then he started to weep. And I tried to comfort him, and I said, yeah, I would weep in that situation. And he said, you don't understand a thing. And I looked at him, what do you mean? And he said, I'm not weak- weeping because of the suffering. I'm weeping because if only my brother knew Jesus. And I was blown away, like, when was the last time I have wept over a lost soul? This passion, uh, this burden they have for the hostile people in their country, but hostile people they are, but they are loved by God, and, and they want to bring the love of God to these people, and that's blowing me away. Amazing faith. You know, the Bible talks about loving your enemies. That, that's a pretty amazing example of that. Are there some other Christians that you've met that have particularly inspired you as, as you think back of uh, of the people you've met around the world? Oh, yeah, many have inspired me. I mean, there was this one pastor I, I, I met in Cuba, and, and he said, Manfred, the problem is fear. And I asked him, because I was really curious, so, pastor, how do you overcome fear? And he said, oh, I don't give fear a chance. And I was really interested, what does he mean? And he said, okay, so now I'm, I'm called to a police station or wherever, and, and when I enter, I say, uh, good morning, hallelujah, Jesus Christ is Lord. So it's all out, it has been said, no time for fear to block anything or cut me off of uh, saying anything. And I said, 
Okay, that's clever. And it touched my heart because maybe uh, you have been in that place as well. Many times we think maybe today is not a good day. Maybe tomorrow is easier. Maybe the first day on the job I will not share uh, my faith. Maybe next week. So we have all those maybes and never is the right time. And this one, he didn't care. He just uh, shouted out that Jesus is Lord. I want to become more blunt and, and, and more courageous. Or I met a guy in uh, Egypt and uh, A Muslim group, they found him and they asked him, are you a Christian? And he could have said, I'm a Muslim, and they would have let him go. But he said, I'm a Christian. So they beat him up and actually they wanted to kill him. And as far as they were concerned, they thought they killed him. So they just left him for dead. But he survived. And I met him and I asked him, why didn't you say I'm a Muslim? And then later you could have asked for forgiveness and God could have forgiven you. I was curious, why did he say that? And he said, Manfred, you might think I'm a sinful man, and I am. But one thing I understood, Jesus said, whoever confesses me in front of people, I will confess him in front of my father. But whoever denies me in front of people, I will deny him. I cannot deny Jesus. It touched my heart. It, it seems like every time we hear stories like that, every time we get to meet people like that, we bring back a little piece of them. <laughs> so much more than we bring to them, yes. Oh, yeah. absolutely. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Manfred Mueller. He is the leader of the Voice of the Martyrs sister office in Germany, HMK. Manfred, I want to shift a little bit and talk about immigrants uh, because Germany has thousands, tens of thousands of immigrants, particularly from the Middle East, and you talked a little bit about addressing the issue of Islam and speaking truth about Islam, but obviously also speaking in love. How is the immigration that's happening in Germany affecting your country? Uh, and particularly, I ask this as an American, because immigration is obviously a big issue for us as well. But but how is has those waves of immigrants affecting Germany right now? It's not uh, tens of thousands. It's uh, hundreds of thousands, it's actually millions of people, you have a, an absolute spiritual bankruptcy in most of the European countries. And now into this bankruptcy, into this spiritual vacuum comes a group of people, millions of young Muslim men that are vibrant in their faith, that are, have a vision, that, that feel they are on a mission and, and they come into this vacuum. Now you can imagine what, what this situation is like. I think this is a time of, uh, like uh, Jonah and Nineveh, a, a time of repentance, a time to turn back to, to the God of our fathers. It is a time for German people to rediscover the book they celebrated last year in the 500 years of uh, Reformation celebrations, but we completely forgot about what the book is all about. So Germans should read the Bible, recommit to the God of the Bible, discover that they are sinful people and ask Jesus for forgiveness, allow him to restore their lives, and then this might be the biggest opportunity for missions uh, our country has seen in decades, because the Muslim people are there, but where are the German Christians who are willing to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to those in spiritual darkness under a religion. We don't criticize Islam. It's a religion like any other religion, but it's a religion full of religious laws, and there's no word of forgiveness, no word of the gospel, no word of Jesus Christ, the Redeemer. So who is bringing this message of love to the Muslim people who are willing to accept it? And, and that's the challenge we are seeing right now in Germany. That is such a challenge. And I think back to the story of the Wormbrands in Romania, and a million Russian troops invaded Romania. 
And Richard and Sabina said, oh, this is great. We have a chance to reach the Russians. How is the German church responding to these waves of Muslim immigrants? Are they seeing them that way? Oh, this is a great opportunity. Or are they more likely to see them as, uh-oh, this is trouble? Neither, no. They they see it totally different. One of uh, our state churches, you, you know that Germany is uh, in, in organized in different states and uh, the church is part sort of that structure. So a few of the state churches made a decision that it is not our task to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ neither to Jews nor to Muslim people because they are believers of another book. So they are sort of cousins and we, we should not... We shouldn't bother them. We shouldn't bother them, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. And they, they talk about an ecumenical movement of the Abrahamitic religions and we are all the same, aren't we? It's all the same God. So as long as you talk about God, it might work, but as soon as you start talking about the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the Redeemer, the Lord, the Sovereign... King of Kings, uh, then obviously uh, it's not so easy to talk about this uh, spirit of ecumenism between the so-called Abrahamic uh, religions. And and Jesus said, I mean, he actually said the opposite, didn't he? He said, go ye first to the Jews, bring them the good news, and then go to Samaria, and then go to the ends of the earth. So how can a church decide to know better than Jesus and to say we shouldn't do that? Challenging times for the church in Germany. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Manfred Mueller. He is the leader of our sister office in Germany. Manfred, we always like to end up on prayer because we want to equip our our listeners to pray. How can we pray for your office, your work in Germany? And then I want to ask, how would you encourage us to pray for persecuted Christians, for for Christians facing persecution today? My hope is that the testimony and the example of the persecuted church, that their burning fire of passion and faith would reignite the fire of the faith in the hearts of the German Christians. So if you could pray for us that through the ministry we are allowed to do is going to happen. Germany needs nothing more but bold Christians who are willing to stand up and to share their beliefs, to share the word of God without fear. And Paul in his letter to the Philippians chapter 1 says that through his example of suffering, exactly that happened. His example of suffering and faithfulness to Christ has encouraged, not threatened, has encouraged free believers to become bolder themselves, to share without fear the good news. This is what we need in Germany. For us as a mission, (laughs) Jesus said, Pray that there will be workers in the field. The crop is ripe for the harvest, but there are so few workers and we have the same problem in our organization. So would you please pray and uh, pray for us that, that God will provide men and women who are willing to invest their lives to help the persecuted Christians and to share their testimony with the free church in the German-speaking countries. We pray for the persecuted Christians Many people see the persecuted Christians as victims. So the first prayer is, Lord, please take them out of prison. But imagine God would have taken Joseph out of prison uh, in Egypt. How uh, would the plan of God would have worked out that Joseph was there to one day save not only the people of Egypt, but his own people actually to save a whole nation? So, yes, my burden is that God will free people from prison. But let us first of all pray that God will bless those prisoners so that they will become a blessing for the prisoners around them. And 
We just were so encouraged by the stories uh, Peter brought back from his terrible time in Sudan, where he was in prison for more than 15 months. But uh, God could use him there. And, and there he was as a disciple of Jesus, as a messenger of hope in a Muslim prison in a close country like Sudan. So we pray that this is going to happen in many other places as well. We pray for family of prisoners, that children will be sustained, that wives will be encouraged, that they will be blessed. We praise God, that this is happening. We pray for the persecuted church in general, that their light might shine bright and that their testimony can be a strong witness to the nations they are suffering in. That's a great instruction for us as we pray for persecuted Christians this week. I want to encourage you to do that. As always, if you're joining us late, you can hear this entire conversation at vomradio.net. Manfred, thank you for sharing with us this week. We do pray blessings on you and on the work in Germany and on the church in that country. Todd, thank you for having me and may God bless you and the ministry of Voice of the Martyrs here and in all the nations you are involved in. I hope you'll be back with us next week here on the Voice of the Martyrs radio. Ambassador Sam Brownback is going to be our guest. He is the U.S. Ambassador at Large for International Religious Freedom. He has a unique perspective on the plight of oppressed believers around the world, and he's going to share that perspective with us. You won't want to miss that, so be back with us next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.